0: Hello and welcome to Grace Life Stella Bosch. We are a gospel-centered church family, focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. To all the visitors, welcome. Um, I hope you get a little bit of who we are today. Um, not just where we are, because on Friday we didn 't know where we would be, and um, i 'll just share with you like on a personal level, this has been a real roller coaster. This has been a real roller coaster, and it 's been awesome. I mean, I had to apply everything that i 've taught recently. Last week, Wednesday night, for those of you in ministry school, is it not working? Oh, making an echo. All right. Last week, Wednesday night, that 's better, yeah. I shared um, lessons learned in ministry, and one of the things that I shared is that if we have a venue, um, if we have a venue problem, then it's God's problem. That was Wednesday, Thursday night. We had a we, we, we had a venue problem. Amen. So I just quickly share with you. I don't want to like share like too much about the venue yet. But Friday, Shane was driving past from his holiday back to Malmesbury. Um, And he drove past this place, and he he just noticed it, and he said, maybe we should inquire. That was around, say, noon. Four o'clock, I heard, got a message, we need to speak about the venue. Five o'clock, I knew, that was our last Sunday. Shane was still on holiday, so I didn't bother him yet. I, I kept it for myself, and I prayed through the night, amen? Friday morning, I tell him, listen, man, we have a venue problem for Stellenbosch. He said, oh, I think the Holy Spirit spoke to me yesterday, I was just not... I was on holiday mode so uh, I drove past that place and I thought like let's check it out that was the photo of the front like as you that that was what he saw Saturday morning he sends me a whatsapp with a Facebook marketplace link which is the rental advertisement for the home on the front it's like hey this just popped up he didn't search for it it just popped up on his marketplace feed a lot of you gave us great ideas, thank you, we checked them out, we phoned them, we were at many viewings this week, either they're overseas, or the landlords are not uh, talking to us, or we can't get hold of them, or they're locked, or they're not interested, or they're very expensive, okay, um, all of the above, we checked all of that. So we came here, I came here, showed me the front, he said, no, let me show you the back, I was like, wow, this can work. We've got big dreams, but we don't know if we be here next week, I hope we are, amen. So um, I brought Shane, I brought my wife, I brought the kids, we brought the leaders, we brought the dream team yesterday, and slowly but surely, we, we, we saw, I saw in my heart God forming today, God putting together today, like, let's do rooster let's do, get another generator, let's do this, let's do that, let's have the kids on the service, um, and, and, and it's been an amazing journey. Um, like, literally, I've had to just take things, not even day by day, but hour by hour, um, and then, I think on Friday, we still didn't confirm this venue, and then I was like still negotiating with the, the landlord, and um, he said, yeah, no, and I said, what, what, what are we going to pay? He said, no, you must make me an offer. So now I need to confer with Shane and leadership, and eventually, long story short, we are here today, we are uh, welcome here, which is, I think, important. Um, it's an amazing location in terms of where we are. So one of the words that came out in prayer on Tuesday was um, that if you want me to stand on the stage, I can do that. That might help. Jog <laughs> Awesome. That's just to get the receiver. So um, where were we? Where are we? We are here. Amen. <laughs> so uh, yeah we are we're excited to be here we are welcome here and uh, we'll see where we're going to be next week we don't know we need, don't need to know where we're going to be next week amen not yet um we need to know where we are today amen so if you're not on the whatsapp group join the whatsapp group so you know where we are <laughs> there's some qr codes on the side here and at the back and um, yeah last week we shared on god as the good shepherd anyone remember when we sang good good father now i was almost in tears God truly is the good shepherd, amen? Um, That's a word that came from Pierre, and then that was the message from last week. And God really leads us out, amen? Psalm 23 verse 1 says, Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. The word most commonly used for shepherd is taken from the root word, ra, which we said is best friend, or lover of the flock. I don't know how you see God... But God is not just shepherding the flock and leading them and guiding them and, and, and feeding them, but He's loving them. I mean, David loved his sheep more than his own life. And we know that he is a man after God's heart, according to or in the likeness of God's heart. Hebrews thirteen twenty twenty one 21 says, Now may the God who brought us peace by raising from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? You have peace because Jesus is risen. I had to remind myself of that this week often. We have peace because God has risen Jesus from the dead. We might not know where we're going to be on Sunday, but Jesus has risen from the dead. Amen? We might not know where the money is going to come from or how we're going to get through month end or what our next business is going to be or whatever, but Jesus has risen from the dead. If you can make that your default, then you're okay. Amen? And you know what? The rest falls in place when it needs to, not when you want it to. That's what I had to learn. Like, we don't know yet because we don't need to know yet. We don't have what we need yet because we don't need it yet. Amen? So we need to start living like that. You know what? Faith is an adventure. Sometimes more than we like. It's like when you get onto the roller coaster. And yes, oh, yes, brav, now. You're like, yes, and go. And then that thing comes down. Kluk, kluk. And you're like, where did I get myself into? <laughs> but then it's too late, amen? Once we start living the Christian life, it's too late like jesus called uh, god called abraham and he said like i'm calling you out but i'm not telling you where we're going yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We felt like that this week we're not sure where we're going but it doesn't matter because the shepherd is going with us huh? we don't know where we're going but we know who's taking us there that's where we need to live because that's really the place of peace he is the great shepherd of the flock by the blood of the eternal covenant so he is the good shepherd the good Father. But we have to just discuss one thing this morning. Is God good? Okay? How good is God? I mean, it depends on how long you've been part of Grace Life, probably. <laughs> because we, we, we hero, if you want to say, the goodness of God. We, we love to preach on the goodness of God, the love of God, the Father. Amen? Sure, this is... The roller coaster is continuing. So, if God is good... Why is there death? Or where does death come from? And now we're going to get serious. Okay, like That was the intro. Death comes from sin. Not from God. We have to settle in our minds that God has nothing to do with death. He said, if you eat of this tree, then you will surely die. He didn't say, then I'm going to kill you. anyone thought of that before surely you will die or the word in Hebrew there is dying you will die like it's, it's a double death so if God is good and he is so good that he gave his son did he kill his son because can a good father kill his own son some of you are saying yes some of you are saying no some of you are thinking what did I get myself into this morning we have to settle this once and for all because if God is so good that He sent Jesus to die, who killed Jesus? Because, I mean, I love my two sons, and I love them probably a little bit more than I love you, even though I love all of you. <laughs> Amen? I'm not putting Jordan up for any of you. Amen. I'll go in, your, in, in, in my. I'll put my my life down to save their lives and probably to save your lives. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give my son. So the picture of who Jesus is is also then up for debate. Is God a punisher? Is God punishing then by is he punishing sin with death? So James one verse two says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. The King James says temptations, the New King James says trials. I don't know. I, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like trials. I don't like temptations. I don't want to be joyful. I want to be joyful when there's no problems. I don't, I don't like it when there's problems. Amen? Amen. Am I the only one? It says in, v- in verse 3. The other one works fine, I think. Knowing this, yeah. Monika Okay, there we go. Knowing this, that my, the trying of your faith works, patience. Friday morning at Monica, we spoke on patience. What a manly discussion we had, because we know as men, that's not our strong suit. We usually need our wives to be a little bit more patient, amen? But we can be. But let patience have her perfect work. You see, it's her. Patience is a female thing, man. <laughs> Guys, we need to grow in this. Let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally, and a braid of not. And it shall be given to him. So God who gives liberally and without reproach. God doesn't abrade. God God doesn't punish in a sense. God is not going to be angry when you ask for wisdom. Amen. God likes it because he has communion and fellowship with you in that asking for wisdom. In doing life together. So many times this week we had to ask for wisdom. We had to operate in patience. We had to live by faith. But you know what makes it easy? That we know god is good amen that we know he's the good shepherd the good father and that he's only good a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways that's the next verse verse 8 the context you see about the double-mindedness is actually about the goodness of god we've applied it in a way like i don't know if i'm going to let go left or right take this job or that job no it is do you know god is good because if you're not settled in your heart that god is good then you're double-minded what's the one thing in life that you think you need to settle in your heart in your mind first thing is is god good then we can decide which job to take which wife to marry and whatever double-mindedness has an application in that space but it becomes but a lot easier if we know that it is from god is good amen god doesn't tempt anyone if you don't believe me read your bible Verse 13, let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. You see, that's an uncomfortable scripture. (laughs) No, God made me do this. No, God didn't. You did it. You made you want to do it, which is if it's a bad thing. And then you are the one who did it if it is sin. Anyone's been there? Like, I thought God made, it do, made me do it, and then I realized I did it. That's a humbling occasion. <laughs> That's a time when you look yourself in the mirror and say, like, if God is good, then God did not cause this. God did not do this. God didn't even lead me down this path. You know, some people say when you're flat on your back, the only place you can look is up. That's true, but that God didn't get you flat on your back. You get yourself there. Amen? Every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust. Verse 14 in the Amplified says, But each one is tempted when he is dragged away, enticed, and baited to commit sin by his own worldly desire, lust, and passion. Verse 16, Do not be misled, my beloved brothers and sisters. Okay, so this is important stuff we're talking about today. James 1.17 from the Passion says, Every gift God freely gives us good and perfect, or is good and perfect, Streaming down from the Father of lights who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow of darkness and is never subject to change. There's no variation with God. Amen. God's not going in one direction today and another direction tomorrow. God is not good one day and not good the next. He is good. Do not be double-minded. Settle this in your heart and in your mind. I'm asking you again, if God is good, where does death come from? We need to deal with this today. We need to settle this in our hearts. Romans 5 verse 12 says, Therefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world. How did sin enter? Through a man. Amen? Well done, John. Usually the men say Eve. It's a stable man. He's, he's, he's got his identity. Amen? Ladies, you say Adam. Men, we say Eve. Amen. We've got scripture that uh, Paul said it was Eve. amen. So I'm standing on that verse. <laughs> so it says, sin entered into the world, and death through sin. Did God want Adam and Eve to sin? No. Did God cause Adam and Eve to sin? Were Adam and Eve tempted to sin? How? By their lust, their passion, and their desire. She said, it's greatly to look at, greatly to the touch, and desirable to eat. So she was observing it, lusting after it, and then she sinned. She didn't just wake up one day and take the. That's not an apple. Come on. There's no apples in the (laughs) Bible. Doesn't matter what it was, it was a sin. Amen? So death passed to all men, for all have sinned. So the big. If we say God is good, if we say death is not from God, it is from sin, we need to still answer the question who killed Jesus? Okay. He laid down his life, definitely. So he did it willingly, like like we need to see that. Okay, Acts two. Acts two twenty two. Now this is the bold Peter speaking after the Holy Spirit has just filled him. Yay, men of Israel, hear these words. I mean, a little girl asked him a few days ago, "Do you know Jesus?" And he said, "No." Now he's shouting, "Yay!" Men of Israel, hear these words. Something changed in this guy. What is it? It's the spirit. Amen? I used to be introverted. You might not believe it. I was fearful, afraid. I was the guy alone, alone in the corner. I was in grade one, and I came home with a smile, apparently, one day. And my mom said, what happened? Did you make a friend? And I said, no. I walked around the rugby field by myself. God can do miracles. Amen? The Holy Spirit, when He gets a hold of you, life gets fine. Jesus of Nazareth, a man. A man attested or approved by God. Amen? Among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by Him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Foreknowledge doesn't mean he caused it. Foreknowledge means he knew about it. Okay? Have taken by lawless hands. The lawless there speaks of Gentile. Roman hands. Gentile hands. Amen? Have crucified. You have taken. By Pilate's hands. By Roman hands. And have crucified and put to death. I'm not saying it was not... Necessarily, God's plan, but God didn't do the killing. We need to see that. We need to settle that in our hearts. Amen. Bad things happen, and God make it work together for our good. The Jews determined to kill him. That's what the gospel says. And then he killed him. Amen. Through the hands of Gentiles, they said to Pilate, "You need to put you need to um, to put a, a sentence on him, because we couldn't put a death sentence on him." So they they committed a sin, they committed murder by Gentile hands. The ERV says, Jesus was handed over to you and you killed him. With the help of evil men, you nailed him to a cross, but God knew all this would happen. Um, It was in his plan that he made a long time ago. Verse 24, whom God has raised up. You see, God is into life. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth and the life. Jesus is God in the flesh, so then when we have the God in the flesh walking around, He's not killing people. He's raising Lazarus from the death. He's laying down His own life, yes, but God did not kill Jesus because God was in Jesus. We need to stop seeing that separation. 2 Corinthians 5 says that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself. Amen? God was in Christ. Now we have a problem when the word says my god my god why have you forsaken me okay that's one of the things i've never been able to really ne- negotiate around until shane recently taught in ministry school that a way that they quoted old testament psalms and, and and sentences or sections was by giving the first verse so jesus on the cross said my god my god why have you forsaken me uh, what's it which is the first verse of psalm 22 What he was saying is, Psalm 22 is being fulfilled in front of your eyes. He was quoting the psalm, and if you go read the psalm, you can see that Jesus knew what he was talking about. Referencing that psalm, and then telling them, this is what's happening in front of you today. God is not forsaking Jesus, because God is in Jesus. Amen? It felt like, it looked like, from the people's eyes, they said, God has forsaken him. Didn't they say that? Even the the the, the, um, the Romans said, "Like this man is forsaken of God." The Israelites say, "This man is forsaken of God." God didn't say that. Amen. I know you need to wrinkle that out of your brain. God, if God is in, if Christ is who God is, then how can He leave Himself? So it's an agonizing saying. It's sort of a wordplay. God is for. This is a God-forsaken place. Anyone has heard that? Is God not there? No, He's there. Why? Because He's everywhere. In Him we live and move and have our being. So if we say this is a God-forsaken place, it doesn't mean God is not there. And we need to see it in that way. That helped me a lot. You can check it out. Amen? Who God raised up, losing the pains of death, because it was not possible that He should be holden by it. Acts 7. We go up and we see Stephen... So look what Peter said, now we look what Stephen said. He says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do always resist the Holy Ghost, as your fathers did, so do you. This is a guy looking for trouble, isn't it? (laughs) He's about to find it. Which of the prophets have your fathers not persecuted? And have you slain them which showed before you the coming of the just one, whom you have been now of the betrayers and murderers? So Jesus died in the hands of angry sinners. Amen. Jesus was murdered by men. Amen. God raised him from the dead. Amen? Why did that have to happen? Because sin entered by man. Remember? God had to come in the likeness of man to overcome sin and overcome. Death, because God cannot die. So Hebrews 10 says, a body you prepared for me. So the body died in the hands of evil men, but the body was resurrected, and now we have Jesus as the first fruit of the new creation. God did not cause this, but God used this. You see, the sacrifice really is for our conscience. Mostly. Because Hebrews 10 says, offerings and sacrifices God does not desire. So if I come as a little sinner with my little boki or my dove or my goat, I know in my heart of hearts that this is not enough. This, is, this payment is not, it makes me feel better, but it doesn't solve the problem. Anyone with me? And if you can only afford a dove, then probably more so. If you can afford a nice bullock, then you feel better for two weeks, amen? Not two days. But you know in your heart of hearts that... Because the Word says, sacrifices and sin offering can never take away sin. Instead, it was a reminder. But I know that if the Son of God came down in a body, if He paid in the hands of angry sinners, He overcame sin and He's risen again. He is not dead. He is risen. Sin is not an issue with God anymore. Neither is death. Because, oh, death, where is your sting? Because death has been swallowed up in victory. Now I know that my sins are forgiven. Because there was a payment bigger than me. A goat is less than me. A lamb is less than me. A dove is less than me. The Son of God is more than me. So I know now in my heart of hearts that I am saved. Amen? I am forgiven. My conscience can now be clear. And that's why it says the word says we are baptized for a good conscience. We are brought as to one, overwhelmed by Christ and His body for our good conscience. Not so that God can say, because we have this picture that God is angry in heaven, and then every time He wants to zap you, Jesus jumps up. Says the blood, Father. Or he shows him the marks in his hands. You can't do it. I paid. I paid. I paid. It's not like that. Amen. Heaven is not a courtroom, heaven has a dance floor. Amen. The good father brings the prodigal in and says, Let's have a party. Not a confession booth, a dance floor. Amen. There's parties in heaven when one sinner repents. Amen. Acts 13, 28. Paul preaching. It says, They could not find any real reason why Jesus would die, but they still asked Pilate to kill Him. Who killed Jesus? Amen? Verse 29. These Jews did all the bad things that the scriptures said would happen to Jesus. Then they took Jesus down from the cross and put Him in a tomb, but God raised Him from the dead. Amen? God didn't kill Him, but God raised Him. <coughs> God says to the Israelites that he abhors firstborn sacrifice. (coughs) Molech (laughs) required firstborn sacrifice. That's what people thought would appease the gods. But our God is different. Our God is the only God. Israel, you know, there's one God and it's Christ. It's the God of Israel. I mean, it's the God. We knew this would happen. But God was ready for it. There's another verse that says, If the enemy knew what he was doing, the principalities of this world, then he would never have killed Christ. So who killed Christ? God in the hands of angry sinners. Just think about the mercy that that is. Think of grace. That God allowed himself to be handled like that by mere men. David says, "Who is man... That you are mindful of him. Now we have it further that says, who is man that you would become one of them? Who is man that you would become one of them and lay your hands, lay your life in their hands? And you know what? All three of these sermons that I've just read from Acts, they are speaking to the murderers and they're saying, repent and be saved. Isn't that grace? You killed him. He wants to save you. You killed him. He's forgiven you. You killed him with the help of Pilate. He laid down his life for you. Come home. Be reconciled. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Let's bring this to a close. Two Corinthians five sixteen says, "From now on, we regard no one from a human point of view." according to worldly standards and values. Though we have known Christ from a human point of view, now we know Him no longer in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to Him by faith in a Savior, He is a new creation, reborn, renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come a spiritual awakening bringing new life. Verse 18 says, "But all these things are from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, making us acceptable to him, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, so that by our example we might bring others to him." Amen. Our example, not of holy living, no, our example of being one with him, our example of being overcome by his goodness, overcome by his love. Never the same. By our example, people will know that God is alive. Amen? It says in verse 19, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. Not counting people's sins against them, but cancelling them. And He has committed to us this message of reconciliation, that is, restoration to favor with God. The first message preached to the very people who murdered his son, Jesus, he says, come and be reconciled. Come and be forgiven. Come and be one with me. Come and home. Amen? Isn't that a good God? We think that if we messed up, we need to clean up before we come to God. That's not the case. Come to God and He'll clean you up. Amen? He'll do a better job than you can. Verse 20 says, So we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making His appeal through us. We are Christ's representatives, pleading with you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled with God. What is our message? Come home. Be reconciled. It's not turn or burn. It's not stop sinning. It is come home. Be reconciled. Be one with. Be in your Father's home. Amen? He made Christ, who knew no sin, judicially, to be sin on our behalf. So that in Him we would become the righteousness of God. That we would be made acceptable to Him and placed in a right relationship with Him by His gracious loving kindness. Not by what we have done, but what He has done. Amen? Amen? We know that the law could never make flesh justified. Amen? That's why He came in the likeness of sinful men, under the law, to fulfill the law, so that we can live according to grace we live in a new dispensation we live in a new way a new unity he came in the order of Melchizedek not in the order of Aaron Melchizedek didn't require sacrifice he brought bread and wine Aaron and Moses required sacrifice and I believe very much because of the influence of Moses' father-in-law Laban who was an idol worshipper and a priest what did they do? worship people gods idols who wanted firstborn sacrifice they had a sacrificial system because their consciences could never be clear i know i don't need to bring a little bookie next sunday i mean unless we're going to do a spit braai. maybe we must do a spit braai next week amen but it won't be for a clean conscience it would be to have fellowship to have communion to feast together. To be a family. To be a gather around a common purpose. Which is Christ and Him crucified. Amen? The message of grace and reconciliation. Who killed Jesus? God is the author of life. God is the good father, the good shepherd. Amen? Acts three twelve from the message. When Peter saw he had a congregation, he addressed the people. O Israelites, why does this take you by such complete surprise? And why stare at us if your power or piety made him walk? This is just after they raised the lame man. The God of Abram and Isaac and Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his son Jesus. The very one that Pilate called innocent, you repudiated. You repudiated the Holy One, the just one, and asked for a murderer in his place. You no know, sooner killed the author of life than God raised him from the dead. And we are the witnesses. Amen. You killed him, God raised him. Amen. What is th- I mean, we don't rank sin. Okay? We, 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 we don't rank sin. But if we were to rank sin, you know, klein sonde, groot sonde. Who is groot You know, you get klein christenen and groot christenen. No, you don't. <laughs> you get mature and immature. If you had to commit the biggest sin, I think it is killing the Son of God. That's the first people who hear the message of grace. The the, the worst thing you can do is kill the Son of God. And they are the first ones who says, Come, He loves you. He died for you. He laid out His life. You know, Jesus could have called out the angels and legions of angels. So yes, He... He, he laid down his life, but someone still nailed, uh, laid down the nails. Someone still laid down the cross. Now they, someone put a spear in his side. So the physical act of killing him was men. He let it happen because he knew that he would overcome sin and death. But God did not kill Jesus. Amen. Because God cannot die. God is the author of life. He glorified. He raised him from life. And we are the witnesses. Faith in Jesus' name. Put this man whose condition you know so well on his feet. Yes, faith and nothing but faith. Put this man healed and whole right before your eyes. Verse 17 says, And now, friends, I know you had no idea that you were doing what you were doing when you killed Jesus. I love the message. It's just sort of takes out the hiding place there. I know you had no idea what you did when you killed Jesus. Now, is it lawful under the law to murder? So they used the law to say that he um, used basically the Lord's name in vain and he'd commit all these punishable sins, which he didn't. So they used the law to kill Jesus. To murder Jesus. So that's why law brings death. But grace brings life. Now, the law is not evil. The law is just fulfilled. We need to see that. that We're not against the law. We just know the law is fulfilled. We know the place for the law. Because the law can no no, no flesh be justified. So we're not going to try and be justified by the law. We thank God for the law. We thank God that Jesus came under the law. And we praise God that Jesus fulfilled the law. Which means every dot and tittle, every requirement that was against you. Now, friends, I know you had no idea what you were doing when you killed Jesus, and neither did your leaders. But God, who through the preaching of all the prophets had said all along that this Messiah would be killed, knew exactly what you were doing and used it to fulfill His plans. Isn't that beautiful? Romans 8.28 God makes all things work together for our good. Doesn't mean he makes all things happen. Just says that which happens, he makes them out for our good. Anyone here ever had something bad happen to them? Only you. Well. The rest of you, I want to hear your story, please. <laughs> I want some of your favor, come and anoint me. Amen. Bad things happen every day. Bad things happen every day. But God is gooder. Amen? God is gooder. God is the good father, the good shepherd. Amen? God is better than anything bad that can happen. God can turn the worst thing into our good. God can use the death of His Son to bring resurrection life to every person who's ever lived. Doesn't mean everyone has accepted it, but it's available freely. Why don't you stand with me? Father, we just thank You this morning for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are good. Thank you for favor. Thank you for Jesus that was willing to lay down his life. Thank you that you came down in the form of man. That you lived like one of us. That you know exactly what we're going through. The word says there that he knows exactly. He was tempted in every way like we are, yet without sin. Yet without sin. Amen. Father, we thank you. That we get to meet together today. We thank you that we can fellowship around the Word. But as family. Amen. If you're a visitor with us, welcome to our family. Thank you for visiting us today. Thank you for just coming out and experiencing who we are. Like, we're just about Jesus. Amen. His message and His mission. We are passionately in love with the One who first loved us. For this is love. Not that we love God, but that He first loved us. And in this week, as we were going through everything and like the uncertainty and knowing in my heart of hearts that God's going to come through like He always does. You know, I can relate a little bit to James 1. Because this is not our first challenge. This is not the first time that we, we, we need something or we need God to come through. And He does every time. Amen? He's never late. Like my grandfather, who's 89, says he's very seldom early. (laughs) But he's never late. Amen? You need to know what you need to know when you need to know it. Amen? Not when you want to know it. So God is good. And somewhere in the week, probably around Friday, I just felt the Holy Spirit said, Can you please now start enjoying this? I was like, oh, Amen, I can. <laughs> the work is done, like eventually we had an option for a venue and this wasn't settled yet, so that brought peace in a sense, like, okay, at least we'll meet somewhere. Amen. And then we started that actually gave us the freedom to start putting this together. And I don't know about you, I had fun this morning. And we're not done, amen. We're gonna have some more fun. Amen. Only some of you. Only the Somerset West people are having fun this morning. <laughs> you know, God lives in you. God says, I don't live in temples made with man, men's hands. Amen? But also, God knows what we need. We said last week, He knows everything we need to fulfill our destiny. Which includes a venue. Amen? Amen. Which includes chairs to sit on. Now I'm sad we bought these nice chairs because they get dusty. <laughs> God knows what we need, but I'm talking corporately, but I'm talking to you individually. Amen? God is about His church. But God is about his children. Amen? And the more we see the goodness of God, the more we know that he's our Father. That He's a good Father. And I know what I shared today might put a new wrinkle in your brain. Or you'll have some questions. And that's fine. Like that's fine. Like, and if you don't agree with me, that's also fine. I don't need to be right. I mean, we just want to bring light. We want to bring the gospel. We want to bring the love of God, and we want to avail a great meal to you. Amen? Spiritually, personally. Amen? That's the most important thing. Who needs prayer for anything? Let me pray for you. Just raise your hand. You don't need to tell me what it is. If you need prayer, I'm praying for you. Praying for you. At the back there. Father, you know what we need before we ask you, but you still want us to commune with you. You still want us to fellowship and talk to you. Amen? Amen? Like Jordan, I know he needs food, and then he tells me what he needs. Like this, I love it, because I can laugh at him, and with him, and there's, there's, there's love in that fellowship, in that communication. So I want to invite you, don't stop praying. Amen? Maybe you think, oh, God knows what I need, I need to tell him. Well, it's not about that. It's not always about the healing, it's about the healer. It's not about the provision, it's about the provider. Amen? It's about the fellowship, the relationship with your Father. It's about just knowing that He's good. Amen? Lord, I know that You are good. I don't know what everyone here is going through. But You do. But I know who's going through it with them. And that's You. In the form of Your Spirit. Lord, if we need, we need wisdom, we ask for wisdom. Lord, we need to be more aligned to what is going on in the spiritual realm. Where faith is where you are. The Word says, look above. Look at the higher things, not just of things on the earth. Lord, as we walk this out, as we grow in our revelation of who you are and where you are, help us to, to live more lightly, more heavenly minded. Father, but then we know that we need earthly stuff. Therefore, your Word says, seek first the Kingdom of God, And His righteousness. Not your righteousness, His righteousness. And everything will be added unto you. Amen? We look forward to hearing your testimonies. Amen? If you're not in a live group, join a live group. Amen? That's where a lot of fun happens. And then, uh, I don't know if the food is ready at the back, but I would hang around until it is. Amen? We've got some rooster cooker with some nice jam and syrup and patro. The good stuff. Amen? If you're not on WhatsApp, join us. Uh, we won't blast you with many messages, but we want to tell you at least where we are. And Otherwise, you're going to have to find the Holy Spirit who's going to tell you. But um, thanks for joining us. If you need prayer for anything, we'll have leaders up front. Otherwise, enjoy yourself. I'll see you around. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca And if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area, we invite you to join us one of our gatherings our aim is to help you discover Jesus find family and experience life to contact us or to find out where and when we meet visit our website www.gracelife.co